Hi, and welcome to Adopted Feels, a podcast about adoption and other random stuff. I'm Hannah. I'm Ryan. And we're finally in the same country. Yay. Yay. It's been ages. So I am in Seoul to attend the gathering and present at the research symposium. Um, I also finally met my birth mother in person. More on that story later. And... Um, a brief life update from me too. I've decided to move back to Seoul and I've literally just put money down for an apartment. Yay! Um, and it's, so it's just a one room apartment, which is like standard here, but not to brag or anything, but I think I may have the largest and lightest, like as in natural light, um, <laughs> one room north of the river. Just saying. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and you recently got back from a Euro trip? Yes. Yes. I, was, I spent almost six weeks in Europe, which is crazy. That's yeah. amazing. <laughs> Do you have any, like, highlights to share from the Euro trip? Um, I just, you know, I just, like, ate a bunch of stuff and, um... Like, you know, delicious stuff, and I saw, <laughs> I saw some really um, beautiful buildings, beautiful places. Yeah? Oh, and then... I'm very jealous. <laughs> it looks incredible. I think, actually, it's good that it came to an end, because I don't think my body could have handled, like, continuing to eat in that way, oh, really? frankly. Yeah. Because, yeah, just, like... That level of, like... Decadence. Yes. And, <laughs> like, gelato and alcohol and... Actually, I mean, this sounds crazy. I mean, it, look, it wasn't... I wasn't, like, crazy. I was just, like, on holiday in Europe. But I was just, like, there's a natural limit to, to that kind of lifestyle. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Are you the kind of person that... Because I know you're, like, quite a foodie. Do you, like, plan, like, all your meals? Are you, like... I'm away for six weeks. I've got like X many meals to, um, <laughs> to try in all these places. Like, do you really plan out your eating schedule? Um, I'm like disorganized, but I also um, kind of like to make each meal count. Put it that way. <laughs> so it's like I don't do because, um, you know, you could spend like so much time like researching different restaurants and whatnot mm. right in advance and um I didn't do that but yeah I would just I would just spend time like when I was kind of leaving one place to go to the next place like just looking up a bunch of different things mm. and um what I've learned is that you really cannot trust google reviews especially if it's like a big touristy place Okay. Yeah, so even if it has, like, over a thousand reviews and it's, like, 4.3 out of 5 or something, you still can't trust it <laughs> if it's, like, somewhere like, like Venice, for right. example. And so, actually, when I was in Italy, I would search, say, instead of just on Google, I would search, like, um, what was it? It was, like... Dove mangiare, like, and then the city or something. So, like, where to eat in, in this city. Because then I was like, then I'll pull up, like, more Italian reviews. <laughs> so, yeah. But I get kind of, like, really annoyed if, um, if I don't have long, if I don't have much time in a place and 
I eat somewhere that was like expensive and also kind of average because I'm like, damn you, you've wasted my money and my stomach space. <laughs> Were there, yeah. were there any, um, like, restaurants that you had to reserve in advance or that you were, like, super looking forward to going to? Um, no. Because I also didn't do much research. And I, also, I don't have the budget as well to, like, um, go to, like, a really, really fancy three Michelin-starred place. Mm. Yeah. But, yeah, I ate well. Like, the <laughs> <laughs> And usually, like, also, like, you know, when I was, like, just dining alone, you can kind of usually get a seat somewhere, like, up at the bar or, yeah. Okay. I think it's easier in that in that sense when you're traveling alone. Mm. So I, I don't have... know if we'll end up cutting that some of that out. <laughs> I just, like, <laughs> rambled on about eating in Europe. Anyway, yeah. So um, I hadn't heard about all your... Um food adventures, but you had shared a little story with me that, <laughs> um, and I'm like requesting that you share that little gem, oh, okay. that little gem of a story with everyone else. Okay. It's, I don't know if it's, it's a gem. This is kind of like a rude, trashy story. Anyway, so I was in Morocco and I was doing a tour with the smallest tour group ever there were only two other people on my tour and they were um both a bit older than me and one how much older? <laughs> paint a picture um like roughly 30 years older than me <laughs> i thought <laughs> it sounds really i thought you when you said 30 like you're about to say like Roughly like 38 or something. No! Like 30 years old. Significantly older than me. And this sounds like super condescending and like um, un PC, but you know, like sometimes when you explain um, technological things to older people, <laughs> that sounds really bad. But anyway, so I was just mentioning, like, oh, I've got to just do a couple of little things for my podcast like while I'm on this tour and my tour mate who was who was lovely um she was like oh like what's a podcast and uh and and yeah so explaining I was like oh it's kind of like pre-recorded radio and um these days there are so many podcasts and there are podcasts like on all kinds of different things so you just kind of go on your phone and search um for the topics that you're interested in and I was like oh I listen to all kinds of different podcasts and like here I'll show you and then I like I get my phone and I show her and I happen to be listening to this episode of a podcast called Bobo and Flex which is which is quite interesting but that specific podcast episode that I was listening to is it was literally called sex orgasms and eating ass and i like i <laughs> push my phone like up into her face i'm like here you can just live, like whatever you're interested in <laughs> so anyways <laughs> yeah i mean fyi I, I do actually listen to podcasts about a, a range of different things not just not not just um, sex, yeah. 
that's that's the end of the story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So today we are returning to our um, light, frivolous, conversational, talking shit origins with a list of 10 things we love about Korea. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, that's the last. Okay. <clears throat> okay, so number one is a big one and also an obvious one, I guess, but as a Korean adoptee, being an ethnic majority in Korea is like so nice, so liberating, <laughs> relaxing. <laughs> um, I still remember the first time I came back to Korea and I was 26 and, um, you know, it was just so kind of exhilarating to feel anonymous for the first time. Um, and it still feels really good for me. It kind of like hasn't gotten old yet for me. And like after my Europe trip, I was really looking forward to returning to Korea, like partly for this reason. Yeah, and I, I generally like that um, racism and discrimination towards me in, in the ways that I'm more accustomed to from Australia, like that that never crosses my mind here. Yeah. Do you feel the same? Yeah. 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 Definitely. Especially the the um feeling anonymous. Yeah. Yeah. There's something I guess it's like just flying under the radar and yeah, there's definitely something freeing about that. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I'm always reminded of this poem that I read about ten years ago. Um and this this analogy from this poem okay because i'm always like stealing this analogy basically so i, f I felt like i should like take this opportunity to, <laughs> to it. yeah to probably like acknowledge it so there's a poem by ken chow called the terrorists from um an anthology called growing up asian in australia which was edited by alice poem um back in it was it came out back in 2008 the opening lines are um, they are everywhere. I wear paranoia like armor, like stone, like a raincoat when it rains, when it doesn't. And, um, yeah, just that, that image of like wearing a coat of self-consciousness all the time, um, just really like stuck with me. Cause I feel like I, that kind of invisible coat is what I get to drop when I'm here. Mm. If that makes sense, yeah. And by the way, that anthology also features a piece by an Australian Korean adoptee called Blossom. And it's crazy because that piece is still, like, still holds up really well. And she wrote it, like, over 10 years ago when she was basically a baby, you know. <laughs> and, like, I probably could barely string a sentence together, you know, at that age. So I'm, I'm still, it's, anyway, it's a really good piece. You should like seek it out in that anthology. Uh, the whole anthology is really good actually. Yeah. All right, number two, uh, which is related to the above. I like that pr pretty much everything, like clothes, shoes, makeup colors, like even, even furniture perhaps. 
Like seems to seems to fit better here, which which makes sense, right? Because it's like made for ethnic Koreans. What do you think? Do you appreciate that? <laughs> I'm just like trying to suss out how comfy this chair is that I'm on right now. Um, yeah, I guess I have only recently started exploring like men's clothes, and we had a really brief. If embarrassing conversation about men's skincare just earlier, where oh, I yeah. had to like basically asked Hannah like how toner is applied and what it actually does. And oh, that's not embarrassing at all. I am still <laughs> unclear about what like modern Korean toners actually do. I use it, but anyway. Yeah, so I read that like that's the secret to like men's skin regime, skincare mm. regimes in Korea. So I'm like super interested. And I've like googled a bunch of products that I might go out and try, mm. but um, suffice to say, I don't really know because I don't really have <laughs> extensive experience with any of that. But um, but you were mentioning about glasses, right? That you were gonna like shop for new glasses here. Yes, that's right. I am really excited to hopefully find glasses that actually fit my face. I don't know if I. I mean, I wore glasses for like years. I'm not sure if I ever found glasses that like perf that were perfectly like comfortable. Did you ever buy any here? Yeah, actually, the most comfortable ones I bought here. But, <laughs> but like, I feel like I eventually just got laser eye surgery, which is another mm. surgery. Sorry, which is another story because I was like, I'm never gonna like find glasses that perfectly fit my <laughs> face. But, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like the width of my face, but then also even like <laughs> the distance between like my nose and my ears. So like the actual like yeah. arms of the glasses. Like I'm yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, same. Yeah. And I had a look in Myeongdong um, a few days ago, and I've noticed that like they've got glasses that have like a little XL sticker. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, your your face and your head is not actually that big. I think you might have a complex. <laughs> okay, so number three is <laughs> a big one and also an obvious one, but just like the next level convenience of a city like Seoul. There are food and snacks and convenience stores and like cosmetic stores and pharmacies and coffee shops and yeah, just like everywhere. So you'll never go hungry. You'll never want for Wi-Fi. You can get anything delivered at any time. You can also, as my friends recently did, you can pay people to like pack up all of your shit like really quickly if you're moving house. Like really quickly and efficiently, and I think still like fairly cheaply. Yeah, mm. yeah. So look, it's very convenient city. Public transport. Yeah. Amazing, especially coming from Australia. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's just mind blowing. Do you sometimes wonder like how Melbourne um, functions? <laughs> <laughs> But how Melbourne, like, wins, like, you know how, like, we often come first or second in, like, most livable city thing, rankings? Mm. But yet, like, our public transport's quite poor. It's just, like, not well connected. Mm. Yeah, I don't know how they... they <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know the point system, but... Mm. Um, 
yeah, I mean, it's such a noticeable difference here. Yeah. yeah. Except they don't run that late, which surprises me. For a city that, like, seems to, like, have shit going on, like, constantly. Yeah. I think it's, like, partly to do with, like, um, allowing the taxis to retain their business as well. Mm. I heard. That mm. makes sense. Yeah. Number four. I like that Noibang, which is, yeah, like, I, I mean, I, I hate to reference Korean things in, like, in relation to Japanese words, but basically it's karaoke, right? I, I like that Noibang here is, like, just a part of everyday life. So it's not, like, a special thing or an expensive thing like it is in Melbourne. Um, Korean people just grow up going to Noibang with, like, family and friends and colleagues and even if Korean people don't particularly like Noribang, I feel like they can all like do it really well and probably <laughs> have really good voices from the practice. Oh no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I like all forms of Noribang. <laughs> I like the solo Noribang and the little coin booths, regular group Noribang. I can appreciate it both sober and drinking That's yeah amazing. but i can know if i'm sober yes i guess i have to i mean i guess <laughs> i did train as a singer it's probably like a little bit different like i'm I, <laughs> i'm probably like a little bit more uncomfortable you know with like <laughs> with singing in front of people to be fair <laughs> what are your go-to songs well, for myself. <laughs> okay, so go-to song solo. Yeah. Is okay. Um, for some reason, I like for for some reason, um, "Torn" by Natalie Imbruglia. Remember from like that song from the nineties? <laughs> That's become like this like weird kind of like warm-up song for me. Like yeah, early in the Norebang session. To, I <laughs> Um, Which, like, leads up to, like, a really difficult song? Well, lately, I mean, it's very flattering, but I, I totally cannot sing it properly. I feel like at some point during the evening, someone will punch in um, Shallow from um, from oh, A Star Is Born. Lady Gaga. Yeah, Lady so I, my, I do not have a voice like that at all. But at some point, yeah, so that's that's, like, the other... Um, extreme of like vocal demands, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right and torn. Right. I Thankfully, think. it's kind of short. It's like so. It's like a full-on belt, but it's like kind of short. Do you sing the Bradley Cooper section too? Um. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like toggle between them. It depends. It, it depends who's there, you know. <laughs> um. And I also like a bit of Disney, you know. Like, you know that Moana song? It's, like, really grown on me. It's kind of, kind of got this fun rhythm. Yeah. <laughs> Do you like it? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. I thought that the actual, as a film, I thought Moana was, like, I don't know, like, a little forgettable. Like, most what? of... Yeah. Great. Really? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I haven't been overly impressed by uh, probably any of... Disney's offerings in the last decade. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. 
Uh, what stands out? I guess Frozen. Anyway, we're going on a, on a huge tangent. So let's let's backtrack. <laughs> uh, yeah, Noribung. I, I like Noribung here, and um, I think there's an exquisite sense of bonding in screaming out like these like late '90s, early 2000s um, rock ballads with your friends at 3 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. Number five, I guess I don't want to jinx myself, but like generally there's a low crime rate here in Seoul and usually I feel physically safe, like even walking around by myself at night usually. Like, And also I like that you can, you know, leave your personal valuables around, like say in a cafe and, um, and no one touches it. Mm. Yeah, that's that's nice. Well, I mean, I guess it's, it's it's particularly like this contrast from like when I was in Europe and I was like so like paranoid about no. getting pickpocketed, and then I just don't think about that at all here. And I feel like if you leave your phone or your wallet in a taxi, you have a much higher chance of getting it back here. Or like you know, even one time someone like chased me down the street to like give me back my um like cheap earphones that i'd left on a table inside a cafe so mm. yeah i i definitely feel the same and especially growing up here like in high school i think like that sense of safety really gave me a lot of gave me like a really strong sense of freedom which i think is really nice as a teenager um mm. yeah like i remember i went and like started drum lessons in some like studio in Hongdae and oh, cool. just um and I had like no qualms about you know like maybe that was foolish of me but I just was like oh no I'll just like take drum lessons from like this guy and like uh, underneath this building and <laughs> in this like studio where no one would be able to hear me if I screamed and <laughs> sure um but yeah and it was it was like it was really great and I think like I, I remember that feeling and I've had it a bit since I've been back where yeah you can just walk around late at night and feel like pretty safe even having your phone out because everyone has their phones out or yeah whatever yeah um I definitely I don't feel that in in Melbourne like mm. even though I live in a you know a safe neighborhood too in Melbourne yeah um yeah just a different level of a sense of personal safety um and i think everything's also really well lit at night here too uh, yeah. and like there's always kind of people around mm. um there's like 24 convenient 24 hour convenience stores in like almost every corner so yeah i think all those things yeah yeah number six is um uh, the dynamic energy um in in Seoul in the city yeah Seoul is like constantly moving and changing and like never sleeps and I feel like there's always some some event or some new restaurant or like some like hot place neighborhood to check out um like the hipster I am (laughs) (laughs) um and there are always people on the street you know it feels always feels kind of like alive Mm. um but I guess the downsides to that are that that it can be like a little stressful here as well. I think. Do you feel like Seoul is stressful at all? It's just. I mean, sometimes I feel like that the energy is like kind of hectic. Or like when you're coming from like another place in Korea, like say recently I went to Busan and then 
arriving back in Seoul, like I feel like I can just feel the pace is like faster and mm. more frenetic and yeah. I don't know if that makes me feel stressed. I think I kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess it depends on like I am experiencing it from a very particular perspective, right? Where like I don't live here mm. permanently, so all the like you know pressures and the stresses of everyday. Like everyday, like working life or whatever, I'm exempt from, which I guess, yeah, would change that experience. Generally, I really like that it's mm. that, that energy. Yeah, yeah. Like it feels kind of nice to be that there's a, yeah, just constantly things happening. And in a weird way, I feel like it's kind of motivational. Yeah. Like it makes yeah. me feel like I have a bit more energy to want to do things or explore. I don't know if that makes sense. Okay, so number seven is a simple one. It's just how late cafes stay open. Actually, I think this is yours. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is mine. So I really, really appreciate how there are so many options for late night hangouts or just like being in public alone um, and which don't involve alcohol. Yeah. And yeah, like cafes staying open late really speaks to that like introverted I like to be alone and read but in the company of like numerous strangers part of me um, I guess that relates to like that sense of anonymity that we mentioned earlier yeah um the downside of that is that cafes open late and that is something I'm interested oh in. yeah 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 like, 7 a.m I need like my like cat light and yeah. like nothing's open mm, yeah um yeah, I like that sort of night culture, which isn't necessarily a drunken mess culture. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, it is also, but yeah, but you know, yeah, there's yeah. there's options, I guess. Yeah. And lots of people in cafes alone. Which, yeah. Which I like. Yeah. Number eight is hospitality and communality so i have quite a few memories of random people feeding me cakes in bars when celebrating their birthdays like and this is like when i was a teenager um or like the practice of sharing a cake with forks only <laughs> which i didn't always like participate in but i kind of like the principle behind it like you know there's no like you get your own piece all right like, yeah of, you know that's kind of like here's a fork and you just like go for yeah, it. Yeah, or here, like, yeah, you just like hack away at it with, with chopsticks. <laughs> hack away is another <laughs> way of putting it. Till it's like a pile of like ugly cake rubble. <laughs> I can see you're a big fan <laughs> of this fact. <laughs> no, it is very communal though, it's nice. But why didn't you, you used to feel weird about that? Yeah, that wasn't a big part of like, I guess my family culture or like even in, growing up in Taipei, like, it was just, like, the, the idea of, like, having, like, one meal that, like, eight or ten people are, like, using this, their utensils to, like, oh, consume yeah. was a little bit, like, I was like, oh, I don't, like... Oh, I mean, in the same way we be, like, weirded out by, um, all using, you know, using your spoon to take from the same soup bowl. Yeah, see, I, I don't ever do that, but, <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, I think I'm way I'm more relaxed about it now. But I remember like when I first moved here, mm -hmm. and people just like, yeah, it's someone's birthday, and 
they just like pass out forks. Yeah. And, like, they don't cut slices. Like I found that a bit um, confronting at first. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of also like um, it's related. I like the whole like round um, one, two, three culture that they have here. That it's kind of unusual. Like say just to go to dinner and then like like go home. But like say in Melbourne, that would be completely normal just to be like okay I've got like stuff to do and like other you know so like bye but like here it's like a little bit cold if like yeah you know it's like just dinner and like you're not gonna have like coffee or something after or like so is that something like, else so like yeah. is that what it's called in Korean like round mm. one round two like um. Icha is like round two yeah like um. yeah <laughs> I like that too yeah yeah and so now it's like, I mean, so I feel like sometimes when I meet people for dinner, there's this like unspoken expectation that it's not just dinner. It's like the evening and the year, there'll probably be at least coffee or something after dinner. And I like that. Yeah. Thank you for telling me this so that I don't like put my foot in it. Okay. Number nine is that gender presentation, at least for masculine presenting people, mm -hmm. um, feels more fluid. And so this isn't very well thought out and I think it obviously differs very much to like feminine sort of gender norms. Um, but something I've started to notice is like a bit more like freedom or space or something when it comes to gender expression compared to how I feel back in Australia. Mm. Like I feel like I could play around a bit more with how I dress and present myself and that would be fine and like relatively safe. Like I feel like I notice lots of men like wearing dangly earrings and- Really? Yeah, it just seems to be a bit more, like I don't know if you would read that as queer. Maybe you would. I just, I don't really have the, hmm. the, the, <laughs> the sort of know-how here, but just feels like there's a bit more space, I guess. Yeah. When it comes to how you present or what you wear. Mm. Australia just feels like quite like rigid and like when it comes like to masculine norms macho beachy surfer dude or something yeah or some like variation of that that's mm. still quite seems like quite restrictive and in any case I feel like I've like really like I enjoy being here especially in this more, more recent visit because I am more masculine presenting now and it yeah. feels like all of a sudden much more free or something. Okay, the last one is, number 10 is a mushy one and that's the adoptee community here. Um, and and I know that like, compared to like, like the golden age of the adoptee community in Seoul, like, you know, say um, early to mid 2000s kind of thing. Um, I know that nowadays the adoptee community here is a little bit more fragmented um, and like say often divided into like, um, you know, the, the adoptive country that you're from and stuff. Uh, but I still like, yeah, I like the way that um, adoptees help each other here and like um, share information and provide for each other what we need um, and 
and the adoptee activism and solidarity with single mothers here and um and yeah and i i get like personally a strong sense of belonging from within the adoptee community here mm. yeah that's a really nice one to end on <laughs> Okay, so we should also thank our very first patron through Patreon. Yay! Yay, thank you. Who's none other than my sister. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Michelle. Thank you. Uh, if anyone else would like to become a patron, just go to patreon.com slash adoptedfeels. Yes, that's Patreon, as in P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Yes. Dot com. Follow us on Instagram <laughs> um, at AdoptedFeels. Yes. AdoptedFeels Podcast, sorry. <laughs> follow us on Instagram at AdoptedFeels Podcast. You yes. can follow us on Twitter at AdoptedFeels. And please, please, please do rate us and or write us a review on um, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or wherever you're listening. That would yes. be awesome. Positive reviews are more important than honest ones. <laughs> <laughs> to, to be frank. <laughs> okay. All right. I think, I think that's it. Did you know, by the way, that when I found out that your sister had become our first patron... I totally guilted my sister. <laughs> I was like, have you listened to our podcast yet? Because Ryan's sister became our first patron. <laughs> and my sister's like, oh, no, sorry. I'll like, go listen to it. And she was like, can you send me the link again? I was like, no, just go find it. <laughs> it's clearly worked because we still only have one page. <laughs> <laughs>